0: Um
1: Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. What's happening, brother? Hey, Foltz. What's happening with you, man? Oh, lots are going on. Lots going on. I mean, we are we are in the midst of a, of a crazy election and uh, no results at this point uh, of us doing this recording. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll wait to see what happens in the, the coming days and weeks. Um, you know, it's just been... Uh, I've been trying to avoid social media just because... And TV, because I don't even really need to listen to all that. It'll get sorted out. Um, how, wh- anything going on with you as far as the election way or...
0: Yeah, uh, I was... I felt a, a deep feeling of excitement on election night. Uh, election day, I took my family to the polls. Uh, we, we actually carried an American flag with us. So we had a great day. I took my son; he's six... I bought him cookies at the bake sale because I wanted him to have a good connotation of voting.
1: Right, it's our civic duty.
0: Yes, and and, and it's our right and it's a privilege. So I wanted to take him with us. Uh, my wife and I went down, cast our votes, and then I watched until 3 o'clock in the morning when I realized that it was uh, you know, going to take longer than the first. I really thought we were going to find out the results in the first night.
1: I was hoping to as well. I was one of the people up till 3 a.m., and then I just called it because I knew that nothing else was going to be called. Right. Um, but lots of topics on, on both sides of, of the fence and both uh, political
0: parties, one being the uh, the big, the green deal, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just the general sense of, of going green in America right now, and one of the things that is uh, part of um, – The scene is this, this new green deal, right?
1: So, and you you always have one side supporting something and you always have another side that is, uh, is against it. So you always have to, you always have to ask yourself the question, well, why is that? And, and, and what can we find out about it? It's it's hard
0: to say that you're against going green I I totally agree I mean,
1: I see good points on both sides I mean, I see for the overall care and protection of our planet Yes, that we should eventually go green However, just yanking industries right away I don't think is the right way Because that can also collapse an economy I think things need to be phased out towards green And not just uh, by any certain political party putting an end to it. Right. You would like to see it universally occur across the entire earth. Correct. I mean, there's nothing bad for the earth in it. And for us that matter for going green, but at the same time, we can't just ax industries and people's livelihoods as well. Right. We're it, it maybe with a green job in within that industry.
0: It would destroy our competitive, uh, nature as opposed to other countries. You get China over there dumping chemicals into rivers, polluting uh through smokestacks and and just releasing a massive amounts of carbon and then you have america who's being regulated to the point of choking us um it would be an unfair advantage to foreign nations if we were to over regulate now that being said i'm a huge fan of going green recycling we've done recycling episodes on subtle beast and subtle beast i think in general is is very we live green lives correct
1: yes we definitely do and um i'm hoping that within uh within the new year that i've i've actually put in an order for the um the tesla Cybertruck. so yeah so i'll be excited about that in 2021 um but i'll tell you what uh what Whatever side of the fence you're on, as far as going green or eliminating uh, fossil fuels or, or whatever, we're going to be talking tonight about what, uh, like weather manipulation and, and chemtrails, a term that I'm sure everyone listening is familiar with, and we're going to we're going to dig kind of deep into it and uh, expose the fact that it's something that's been going on for a long time, right, Steve?
0: Yeah, it uh, is something that has been proven. It has been proven to have been going on for a long time. And I think that a lot of people still believe that it's up in the air. But uh, the information that we have here is contradictory to that. So... Let's get into it Yeah, we're definitely going to get into it right now And we may
1: uh, flip-flop back between timelines Between current and early 2000s and go back as far as the 70s But we'll keep you up as we go So the first thing we're going to talk about as far as any type of weather manipulation or or weather control We're going to start with a military exercise that took place on December 8th of 2000 a man by the name of Terry Stewart and he was the manager for planning and environmental environmental at the Victoria International Airport he responded to a co- caller's complaint about strange patterns of circles and grids being woven over the British Columbia capital now Stewart left a message on an answering machine tape a message that later was heard by more than 15 million radio listeners Stewart explained It's a military exercise, a U.S. and Canadian Air Force exercise that's going on. They wouldn't give any specifics on it. Now, the Canadian Forces Base, Comox, on Vancouver Island, is Canada's biggest radar installation. CFB Comox is easily uh, capable of tracking the U.S. formations coming up from the south. When asked for a response to Stewart's statement, the Base Information Officer at CFB Comox replied, No military operation is taking place Stewart later told the Vancouver Courier That his information had come directly from comics By the summer of 2001 Pictures of contrails were being circulated by the Associated Press And the word chemtrails could be overheard in coffee shop conversations across the continent So that's just our first Like, it's the first step towards when contrails then started to be talking about as chemtrails, like early, early 2000. Steve, you want to take uh, this next little section?
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, it's a hoax. In an April 20th letter to U.S. Senator Colonel Walter Washbaugh, Chief of the Congressional Inquiry Division for the Secretary of Air Force in Washington, D.C., called chemtrails a hoax. Washbaugh blamed the increased number of contrails on significant civil aviation growth in the past decade. He's right on that score. A National Science Foundation study has found that in certain heavily trafficked corridors, artificial cloud cover has increased by as much as 20%. Colonel Washbaugh ascribed widely reported grid patterns to overlapping aircraft flying north-south, east-west airways. The only thing wrong with this explanation, a Texas air traffic controller told us, is that U.S. airways do not run north and south. The colonel told the senator, the Air Force is not conducting any weather modification and has no plans to do so in the future. In fact, the Pentagon has long been interested in using weather as a weapon of war. Attempts to steer hurricanes by spraying heat-robbing chemicals in their paths date from the 1950s. This recipe for creating cirrus shields was outlined in a 1996 Air Force study subtitled Owning the Weather by 2025 the report explained how weather force specialists were dispersing chemicals behind high-flying tanker aircraft in a process called aerial obscuration. Officials deny researched new altitudes of absurdity when another colonel claimed the U.S. Air Force does not conduct spraying operations over populated areas. Apparently, the colonel had forgotten how the U.S. Air Force air tankers dispensed thousands of tons of Agent Orange defoliants over the land and people of Vietnam. Meanwhile, the internet was abuzz with chemtrail conspiracy theories ranging from aliens leaving messages in the sky to government agencies dumping mind control chemicals on unsuspecting populace. The only problem was none of those theories were plausible. But one theory that would be is that Agent Orange, which was supposed to
1: be harmless, gave thousands cancer, and killed thousands, and many other diseases. It was terrible. Oh yeah. So, what came out of all of that was a little patent called the Wellsbach Patent. Now, oh, and before we get into that, I think it's interesting that with everything that's going on in the elections now, and that it's it's twenty twenty, that this. Owning the weather by 2025 Maybe that's why everything's Ramped up on either side who knows I mean it's always a struggle for something Right Now in 1994 Hughes Aerospace Company Was issued a remarkable patent The Wellsbach patent For reduction of global warming proposed countering global warming by dispensing microscopic particles of aluminum oxide and other reflective materials into the upper atmosphere. This sky shield would reflect 1 or 2% of incoming sunlight. The patent suggested that tiny metal flakes could be, quote-unquote, added to the fuel of jet airliners so that the particles would be emitted from the jet engine exhaust while the airliner was at cruising altitude End quote Computer simulations by Ken Caldera at California's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory calculated that employing Wellsbot chemical sunscreen technology could stop warming over 85% of the planet, despite an anticipated doubling of atmospheric carbon within the next 50 years. They also estimated the cost of creating Thiso called Sky Shield at $100 billion a year a cheap fix to avoid threatening the massive profits of the oil industry. At the 1998 International Seminar on Planetary Emergencies, Edward Teller, the father of the H-bomb, presented his next big idea. Teller called for spreading reflective chemicals over the Earth to act like a mirror shade. If it was impossible to protect the entire planet, these chemical sky shields could at least extended to cover allies who secretly agreed to allow this unprecedented geoengineering experiment to be carried out over their territory now in july august of 98 science and technology review teller argued that the sky shield offered a more quote realistic option for addressing global warming than drastic cutbacks in co2 emissions When asked if the technology was being pursued, Teller replied, Well, to my knowledge, the answer is negative. My recommendation was a tentative one, depending on further evidence whether expecting global warming is realistic. In fact, the technology already exists. In 1975, the U.S. Navy patented a device for producing a powder contrail having maximum radiation scattering ability. The powder contained a mixture of 0.3-micron-sized titanium dioxide pigment particles coated with 0.007-micron hydrophobic collodial silica and 4.5-micron particles of silica gel. Everyone got that? (laughs) 4.5-micron particles. Yeah. The purpose of the apparatus was to generate contrails or reflective screens for any desired purpose now the wellsbach patent proposed using a very fine talcum-like powder of 10 to 100 micron sized aluminum oxide to produce a pure white plume in the sky in may 2000 draft report submitted an international panel on climate change an expert panel was chosen from among 3000 atmospheric scientists and they concluded that teller's scheme might work But the IPCC warned against the unpredictable upsets of the atmosphere. The panel also warned against angry populace reacting to the, quote, associated whitening of the visual appearance of the sky. Well, I would think so. Caldera was so concerned that he went public. Deflecting sunlight would further cool the stratosphere, he warned, and this could intensify icy clouds of ozone gobbling, CFCs that could destroy the ozone layer, the Earth's already damaged solar radiation shield. Was Teller’s sky shield experiment already underway? Well, during his interview with WMWV reporters, Deep Sky hinted that it was. Were the tankers observed on ATC radars involved in climate modification, or FAA source hesitated before responding? That approximates what I was told. Similar military ac- activities were ongoing in other regions, he stated.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, military guys saying that these things are happening i mean it's not it's it's
1: not too far-fetched i mean again if you if you're a, a long fan of subtle beast and the technologies that we've talked about in the rabbit holes we went down this seems like almost
0: child's play seems like it's already happening yes yeah. you want to jump in here yes yeah, so chemtrails and health problems the internet buzzes with conspiracy theories about chemtrails being used as part of a secret government biological experiment But after more than three years of intense investigation, some say there's no proof that chemtrails constitute a deliberate biological attack. In the spring of 98, rain falling through heavy chemtrails over Española, Ontario, was found to contain concentrations of aluminum particles seven times higher than permitted by Canadian health safety laws. Provincial health officials ordered tests after residents began complaining of severe headaches, chronic joint pain, dizziness, sudden extreme fatigue, acute asthma attacks, and feverless flu-like symptoms. The results of the tests were never released. Of course. The reports of illness all came from residents within a 50-square-mile area who complained that they had been subjected to months of spraying. (coughs) by photo identified US Air Force tanker planes. The USAF denied the intrusions. In November of 98, Canadian opposition party defense critic Gordon Earl petitioned parliament on behalf of the people of Española. Speaking on behalf of Canada's new democratic party, Earl stated, over 500 residents of Española area have signed a petition raising concern over possible government involvement in what appears to be aircraft emitting visible aerosols. They have found traces of aluminum and quartz in particulate and raindrop samples. These concerns combined with the associated respiratory ailments have led the Canadians to take action and seek clear answers from this government. The petitioners called upon Parliament to repeal any law that would permit the dispersal of military chaff or any cloud-seeding substance whatsoever by domestic or foreign military aircraft without the informed consent of the citizens of Canada. Now, a a Harvard School of Public Health team determined that particulates with a diameter of less than 10 microns which is one-tenth the thickness of a human hair, pose a serious threat to public health. These microscopic motes are able to infiltrate the tiniest compartments of the lungs and pass readily into the bloodstream, and have been most strongly tied to illnesses and early death, particularly in people who already are susceptible to respiratory problems. On December 14th, the New England Journal of Medicine reported that inhaling particulate matter of the size of 10 microns or smaller leads to a 5% increased death rate within 24 hours. Teller's sunscreen calls for spraying 10 million tons of talcum fine reflective particulates of 10 to 100 micron sizes. Jeez. So, they're... their heart's in the right place, right? They're trying to create a reflective layer that's going to prevent us from having global warming, but they're using Or is that the cover story? Right. They're using the particulate that is uh, damaging you When you're doing something good
1: and for the right reasons, you don't say, okay, well, at the cost of thousands dying from respiratory problems, we will still continue to do this. No. You figure out how to do it without having respiratory. Is anything ever going to be perfect? No, because there's no such thing. But I think it needs to be worked on a little bit more. I, 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 think, it's a, I think it's a health hazard. Uh, I mean, how, what's the overall, what, what happens when you're breathing in these particulates and then you pass them on to future generations? No study has been done over a length of time or maybe they have and the results were so horrid that they're like, well, we can't tell the public that because then we can never do
0: this. Right. Johnson & Johnson just had a big payout on their talcum powder. So I'm sure if that's a similar substance that is being sprayed by these jets and aerosols, then it's not good for you. Yeah.
1: And Johnson and & Johnson, I think they're the ones that are coming out with the one of the vaccines for, oh, yeah. for the flu. So... Five wild weather control ideas is what we're going to go over now. Now, humans have dreamed of having power of the weather for long before fictional James Bond villains began plotting their dastardly deeds. The desire for control over fickle patterns of rain or snow has only increased in a world racked by climate change and spawned technologically wild ideas for how people can bend even the most powerful storms to their will. The ancient idea of rainmaking has dominated weather control efforts in regions ranging from the Middle East to China. But the growing global threat of extreme weather and climate change has inspired some of the smartest and most imaginative people on the planet to create grand plans for nipping hurricanes in the bud or sending suicide drones diving into tornadoes. Now, we also have... Anti-hail cannon. I can't wait to hear these, man. Uh, it sounds amazing. There's an icy hail can ruin a oh, an icy hail can ruin a year's worth of crops within minutes of a storm's arrival. But U.S. Patent Number Five Million Four Hundred Forty Four Thousand Three Hundred Twenty One promises a solution. A cannon device that fires shock waves up into the thunderclouds to prevent hailstones from forming. Such shock waves would come from an explosive mixture of combustible gas and air in the cannon's combustion chamber. Like many weather control ideas, a big problem comes from making the effect work over large areas. The the anti-hail cannon patent envisions firing the cannon About every 5 to 10 seconds for several minutes to prevent hail over a small area of less than a third of a mile Seems like a little bit of overkill Now the idea of shooting lasers into the sky to make it rain is no longer science fiction Scientists have shown how lasers can trigger the growth of water droplets that could eventually grow into rain droplets The experiments were headed by Jerome Kasparian, a physicist at the University of Geneva in Switzerland, whose team tested infrared lasers over the Rhône River. Now, such lasers could act as tomorrow's rainmakers by making cloud seed chemicals to form in the atmosphere. But the early water droplets formed by the laser experiments would need to grow in a size by 10 to 100 times in order to actually make it rain.
0: I'm a big fan of lasers. Whether it be... uh, you know, cold laser therapy on your skin to take wrinkles away or uh, laser temperature technology to find out what the internal temperature of your Thanksgiving turkey is. I've always had this idea that you could use a laser. This is uh, patent protected, so nobody go out and do this. You heard them. You could use a laser to soften the skin on the eardrum To bring back natural hearing in the elderly. Ooh. You like that one, folks? I do. Instead of a hearing aid, we just use a laser to soften the skin, thus creating a more sensitive surface and the nerves would be able to feel the pulses and you would be able to hear better. There's somebody probably out there right now that's like,
1: oh, you mean the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course it exists, Steve. If you can think of it, Google it, it exists. I, I tend to tell that to my kids all the time. They're always like, do you think that this ever happened? I'm just like, "If you thought about it? It definitely happened to
0: Isn't somebody it? somewhere. You know? Now you can just look it up. Yeah. Steve, why do clouds cry? Humans have not had to rely solely upon praying to the weather gods since cloud seeding began in the 1940s. That technology uses silver iodide, or similar chemical particulates, to mimic the ice nuclei that allows for the growth of water droplets and rain droplets. Aircraft, rockets, and artillery guns deploy the cloud-seeding particulates into our atmosphere. The effectiveness of cloud-seeding remains controversial, but uncertainty has not stopped states such as California utah colorado and nevada from spending money on cloud seeding. russia has used aircraft-based cloud seeding to keep heavy snowfall away from moscow while china fired rockets and anti-aircraft cannons to keep bad weather from casting a shadow over the beijing 2008 olympics wow yeah these other countries are, are doing the exact same thing again is it good though
1: you never know. You you gonna you wanna keep going or do you want me to jump in?
0: Tell us about how to stop a tornado cold.
1: All right. Well, tornadoes can sound like a runway freight train and pack a similar 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 geez powerful punch as they rip entire towns apart and leave behind millions of dollars in damage. But the terrifying funnel clouds could finally meet their match in the form of a suicide drone, releasing liquid nitrogen according to U.S. Patent Number 7,810,420. The idea draws inspiration from the fact that tornadoes rotate based on temperature and humidity differences at different altitudes. A common scenario consists of cold air trapping a rotating mass of warm, humid air beneath it. The patent proposes to to disrupt tornadoes by flying a robotic airplane into the low-altitude region of the twister so that the drone breaks up and releases an ultra-cold substance to counteract the tornado's equilibrium.
0: That's complex, but it makes sense. I mean, that's logical. If if that's what, if it's heat, heated air that is creating this tornado and you can super-cool the air by smashing a drone into it, then do it. But, is this drone going to be stable enough as it approaches this tornado to be able to fly into it? Or is it just going to get whipped? I think it's going to get whipped, but in the whipping and when it's destroyed, that's when it releases the gas that, but what if it's not on its target? So now you've got this tornado that's kicking around nitrogen, liquid nitrogen. Uh, that would be weird.
1: I'm glad we're not in Kansas. Well, Steve, did you hear that you can halt hurricanes?
0: I I know that this, this part is my favorite. I figured. Even Bill Gates, Microsoft founder and billionaire philanthropist, could not resist getting in on weather control action. Gates and several scientists hold a patent on the idea of weakening or even stopping powerful hurricanes from ever forming an idea that could theoretically help prevent billions of dollars in storm damage and save lives. The idea, detailed in U.S. patent number 20,900,173,386, takes aim at the source of hurricanes. Heat released at high altitudes from the condensation of rising water vapor. Because such water vapor comes from warm surface waters of the ocean the patent proposes using fleets of ships to mix warm surface water with colder water from the ocean's depths that cooling of the ocean's surface would prevent hurricanes from reaching their destructive self-sustaining stage it's interesting but i have to think
1: if we would stop a lot of the other or start to phase out a lot of the other things going on on this planet, would we need to come up with these things? Cause it seems like the crazy weather is probably due to maybe a lot of things we're doing wrong here. And so we're just like, okay, instead of fixing that, let's just, we'll come up with something else. That's it's like uh, those commercials uh, for drugs. They're like, if you're already on this drug, take this to assist you with, it's just like, well, Why isn't this drug working that you prescribed
0: to me for whatever I have? Yes, it seems as if we're trying to cure the symptoms and not the cause. Putting Band-Aids on a gunshot wound. Exactly.
1: Oh, so, well, we still got some more good stuff. Let's see where we're going to go. I remember saying in the beginning that we might go back a little bit. So, if you will, back in 1972, there was an article in the New York Times entitled, Rainmaking is Used as a Weapon by the U.S., so, it's been going on for quite some time. July 2nd, the United States has been secretly seeding clouds over North Vietnam, Laos, and South Vietnam to increase and control the rainfall for military purposes. Government sources, both civilian and military, said during an extensive series of interviews that the Air Force cloud seeding program has been aimed most recently at hindering movement of North Vietnamese troops and equipment and suppressing enemy anti-aircraft missile fire. The disclosure confirmed growing speculation in congressional and scientific circles about the use of weather modification in Southeast Asia. Despite years of experiments with rainmaking in the United States and elsewhere, scientists are not sure they understand its long-term effect on the ecology of a region.
0: Now imagine that, folks. If you're in a war or you're planning on going into a war and you're going into say uh like we did when we were protecting Saudi Arabia in the Gulf War the weather there was hot right 118 in the day if we could just make it 75 but it also would give your
1: enemy an upper hand too cuz they'd be like ooh
0: but the enemy isn't used to that. The enemy is used to living in that 118. So you drop it down to 75. They're freezing. Well, it's not that they're freezing. It's just that they, they will be ill prepared. The majority of their lifestyle revolves around movement at night. When you can move in the day, they're, they're, you know, ass sure. backwards.
1: and you know, I can relate to that when I used to live in Hawaii and then, uh, flew to our friend Evan's wedding out in Iowa. Steve was there, uh, it was a nice fall day, but to me, I was freezing. It was like, I was like a, a thin blood from being in Hawaii. It took me a while when I moved back to the mainland to adjust to those cold temperatures. So I can relate, I guess, in some similar way. I wasn't in a war by any means, but... Evan has
0: a uh, anniversary coming up. I remember that was in November. Just had a birthday as well. He did. He did. Happy <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> I Evan. talked to him. Uh, so, him. nice.
1: We are uh, now with every quote-unquote good thing that the government is proposing, uh, there are those that also oppose programs. Now, the weather manipulation in Indochina, which was first tried in South Vietnam in '63, is the first confirmed use of meteorological warfare. Although it is not prohibited by any international conventions on warfare, artificial rainmaking has been strenuously opposed by some State Department officials. It could not be determined whether the operations were being conducted in connection with the current North Vietnam offense or
0: the renewed American bombing of the North. And you could probably just radio that in like they are with drone strikes now. You've got uh, people that are sitting at a screen ready to take a drone and, and fire on whatever target is getting called in. I think it would be the same way. You've got people sitting at a screen and when the people in the field call back, they can whip up a quick tornado.
1: Sure. I mean, if you're using surveillance and in, in, in a place like uh, the middle East and <clears throat> say our troops are, they can see from high altitude that the, the enemy combatants are closing in. Well, quickly create a sandstorm around where the enemy is so that our troops can flee in uh, you
0: know, clear skies. Exactly. or, cover the skies in clouds so that enemy imaging can't get through to see our movements
1: exactly so it can be used on and either side could say that that's that's we're using that for good except for the people that are being hindered by it they're like (laughs) yo they're like that's not fair that's cheating all is
0: fair in love and war my friend
1: now beginning in 1967 some state department officials protest that the united states they protested that the United States, by deliberately altering the natural rainfall parts of Indochina, was taking environmental risks of unknown proportions. But many advocates of the operation found little wrong with using weather modification as a military weapon. What's worse, one official asked, dropping bombs or rain? All, the, all, all of the officials interviewed said that the United States did, did not have the capability to cause heavy floods during the summer in the northern parts of Vietnam where serious floods occurred. Officially, the White House and State Department declined comment on the use of meteorological warfare. This is one of those things where no one is going to say anything. Most officials interviewed agreed that the seating had accomplished one of its main objectives, muddying roads and flooding lines for communication. But there were also many military and government officials who expressed doubt that the project had caused any dramatic results. The sources were with without providing details also said that the method had been developed for treating clouds with chemicals that eventually produced an acidic rainfall capable of fouling the operation of the North Vietnamese radar equipment used for directing surface-to-air missiles in additioning in addition to hampering Sam missiles and delaying North Vietnamese infiltration. The rainmaking program had the following purposes providing rain and cloud cover for infiltration of the South Vietnamese commando and intelligent teams in North Vietnam, serving as a quote unquote spoiler for the North Vietnamese attacks and raids in South Vietnam and altering or tailoring the rain patterns over North Vietnam and Laos to aid the United States bombing missions. Wow. I mean, it's right there. It, it really is, so well gosh, we still have we still have some, some more to go. Um, you want to kind should we discuss any of that, or should we just get right into this next part of the the conspiracy while China and Russia were working together to modify the atmosphere?
0: I like that part.
1: All right, you want to kick that off and then I'll jump in with you, or you want me to start? Yeah, you start that one off and I'll come in. All right. So in the United States, people who believe in geoengineering are largely viewed as conspiracy nuts. Nonetheless, mainstream media outlets around the world have recently been reporting on it as normal, logical governmental intervention that they believe shows great promise in the fight against climate change. In fact, as far back as 1965, scientists began urging the U.S. government to manipulate the atmosphere to offset the changes caused by the release of carbon dioxide and the burning of fossil fuels. The U.K.'s Royal Society calls this type of interference deliberate large-scale manipulation of the planetary environment, and countries around the world are involved in it, whether they admit it or not. While some hope to manipulate the planet's environment as part of their perceived fight against global warming, many other countries have been involved in geoengineering for decades for military purposes. That is fascinating. It really is. So so in this next section is we're going to be going in um, the South China Morning Post reported China and Russia recently collaborated on a series of controversial experiments to manipulate the earth's atmosphere in a bid, pardon me, to control the ionosphere, the part of the atmosphere that contains high levels of ions and free electrons, which allow radio signals to bounce long distances. The race to control the ionosphere was reported by the Post. Two scientists... From countries carried out, uh, from two different countries, carried out five experiments last year in an attempt to modify the ionosphere. Military powers across the globe have been trying for decades to gain control of the ionosphere. The ability to manipulate the part of the atmosphere that would enable high-end communication with submarines, facilitate interference with enemy satellite communications, and allow for manipulation of the weather and the production of natural disasters, and even affect the operation of human brains. The Post reported as follows on the experiments. A total of five experiments were carried out in June. On June 7th, they caused physical disturbance over a large area of 49,000 square miles, or about half the size of Britain. The modified zone, looming more than 310 miles high over Vassarovsk, a small Russian town in Eastern Europe, experienced an electric spike with 10 times more negative-charged subatomic particles than the surrounding region. And in another experiment on June twelfth, the temperature of thin ionized ionized gas in the high altitude increased more than hundred degrees Celsius or two hundred and twelve degrees Fahrenheit because of the particle influx.
0: Two hundred and twelve degrees Fahrenheit in the ionosphere—boiling. Yeah, that is
1: a really high jump. That really is. Now the particles or electrons were pumped into the sky by Sura, an atmospheric heating facility. Vassal Cirque. Vassal Cirque, built by the former Soviet Union's military during the Cold War. The Post went on to explain that the Sura base proceeded to send high-powered antennas and microwaves into the high atmosphere. Information was then collected by the Zhanghang-1, a Chinese electromagnetic surveillance satellite, using special high-speed sensors, which can analyze samples every half-second the researchers reported in their study published in the journal earth and planetary physics that the experiment results were satisfactory they noted that the detection of plasma disturbances provides evidence for likely success of future related experiments now <clears throat> despite the controversy associated with experiments in the unusual nature of the chinese russian cooperation in this study the research team insists that they are not playing god and that the experiments are Quote-unquote, pure scientific research (laughs) (laughs) Still, there are real ethical concerns about studies like these As noted by the Post Theoretically, even the sound of a butterfly flapping its wings Could be amplified by a sophisticated geoengineering system And cause a storm several weeks later in a distant location Now for this reason Professor Xu Hong, a military communication technology researcher at Zidian University, stresses the need to, quote-unquote, strictly follow ethical guidelines in conducting such research. But it's probably not going to happen, I don't think.
0: I don't think anybody's going to strictly adhere to ethical guidelines at the military level.
1: Well, I think ethical guidelines in military and or government
0: <laughs> it should never be
1: said within the, within the same sentence or even within the same words, couple words of each other. Cause I mean, they're just, they seem like oxymorons.
0: I like that article because it was talking about superheating the ionosphere. Um, and I think that's <coughs> superheating and super cooling are two ways, kind of opposite ways to control the weather. And I liked how you brought up Fukushima in the pre-show. Right, I was watching, and you can look this
1: up on YouTube. Um, the president of uh, Japan, he was he went on the record during an interview, stating that he was that the United States government wanted control of their banking system, and that if they didn't do it, that they were going to hit them with a tsunami. Well, the president of Japan declined, and well, what happened at Fukushima? It, right. got, it got hit
0: with a with a, what uh, with a tidal wave or a- it was a nine mag- magnitude earthquake eighty one miles away from uh, shoot sh- I forget how to say the name Sri of the Lanka city. it was the ci- it was a city in in uh, China uh. that housed the Fukushima power plant. And what had happened from that 9.0 earthquake was that there was tsunami. a tsunami that wiped out reactor number four to the point where there was actually um, nuclear waste that, that went into the ocean. You would think that it would be contained, but it wasn't. It actually showed back up on the western shores of In California the States. Yeah. yeah, they were able to detect radiation. And, from uh, fukushima in california so
1: but i guess shortly after that in the interview he signed over the banking because if they did that much damage and there's many other documentaries that you can watch out there on harp where they talk about what they can do and they can talk about the
0: accuracy I think, yeah i think that one was oh, go ahead the, the bedrock no They're shooting ahead. lasers out of satellites into the bedrock under the ocean's floors and superheating the bedrock to the point where there was a boil off boil off then creating the depression which then created a wave uh, the wave creating the tsunami and then the tsunami creating the destruction on whatever targeted nation is there right
1: and i always say follow the money so what would be interesting to look into with these situations Is who was sent in as the relief Who was sent in to restructure or quote-unquote rebuild these uh, areas Because there's been a lot of talk about different tragedies That have happened in like Haiti and such And the people that were sent in to uh, rebuild Were all insiders of a certain organization And, you know, just taking a handout So I think it's all corrupt Um can't, could this be used for good? Again, would it need to be if we would correct the other errors? So I, I can't say, I mean, I'm kind of against it because of the ways that I think the government has used it and will continue to use it. Um, but I'm a proponent for correcting the initial problem, I would say.
0: Right. There's a lot of crazy weather that's happening right now. And it's undeniable that the earth is warming uh whether man is behind that or not i you can't blame the ice age on man no you can't um and there's there's many um theorists
1: out there or not even theorists but um uh i want to say professors at colleges that have said th- this similar thing has happened five times um to the earth that polar shifts have happened and and there's also um, people out there now that have theories that say that the ice age wasn't something that gradually happened, where the uh, tectonic plates shifted and the and the continents uh, drifted slowly. Now there's a theory that it happened extremely quickly, which would make sense if you think about something like Antarctica, where there you, you find like mammoths just flash frozen in the ice. I mean that that probably wouldn't be something that would gradually happen. I mean it would probably. freeze to death and die and some other animal probably eat it before it died and freeze it but a flash freeze like that and 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 it used to be desert and tropical they say that doesn't seem too far-fetched that it happened almost instantly
0: no and that has been depicted in movies uh that, that have been out and that flash freezing is it's really cool to see i wouldn't want to be a part of it No, I definitely wouldn't.
1: I mean, there's not too much you could do from it. I've seen movies like that too, where they're running and they go inside buildings and then the windows start freezing. It's like, it's not gradually coming to attack you. It's just, yeah. And it's just flash freeze and you'd be done. You would just never
0: know it. Oh, we've talked about the bomb cyclone. There's things that didn't exist or or maybe existed, but were not commonplace when we were children. And now 40 years later, there are things that are occurring and maybe the media has been publicizing them and over-dramatically covering them and you know, sensationalizing them. But it, it is true. When they called for that bomb cyclone, the temperature dropped like 20 degrees that day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, don't trust pro-
1: <clears throat> the media. I mean, I try not to watch anything on there. I mean, I think they're all infiltrated and corrupt. I think an interesting thing was I was talking to a, to a young man whose parents, they are from China. And he said that his parents told him they're surprised that anybody here in America still watches the news because people in China have known for many, many years that it's all propaganda. So, I mean, that's coming from, you know, a communistic state, communistic country. So it's like, you know, be very careful what, uh, what you put into your head, you know, don't be misled. So, but yeah, that's our episode on weather modification steve you have anything else you want to throw into the mix before we part ways for this evening
0: no i think that it's it's possible i think it, that it's probable i think that it's happening i think that there is uh a layer that is being put up there in the ionosphere currently whether it be for good or bad i think if they wanted it to, to be for good they would have announced it i think it's probably for military purposes um and i think that it's going to continue and i think that they are going to get more accurate you've you've seen from vietnam to current day fukushima that this has been happening for the last 40 years and it's only going to become more refined sure they're yeah. only going to get better at it
1: uh, yeah and i agree with what you said uh if 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 it was so good you know why why wouldn't it be known on a uh, larger scale why wouldn't it be reported on because those who have nothing to hide hide nothing so I agree with you there. So we hope you enjoyed our show for this week, and uh, we certainly had a great time putting it together and putting it on. And uh, until next time, I'm Foltz. And I'm Steve. We'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.